Super Talk Mississippi media production. This is Jack Hoffman. For nearly 31 years, Tico Steakhouse has been a staple for fine dining in Jackson, Mississippi. I would like to invite you to come experience our family tradition of our hospitality, sizzling steaks, and healthy poured beverages. East County Lime Road in Ridgeland, 601-956-1030. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome to Coast View, the show that continues to celebrate the men and women who are making Mississippi and coastal Mississippi such an amazing place to live work and play. Hey, look, I don't normally do this, but I, I want to take just a second this morning to thank our two title sponsors of Coastview. I really appreciate them. Uh, John Ray from Gulf Coast Business Furniture and Supply. John's actually been on the, on the show before. Uh, his, uh, you know, the, the way he's built his business, a very innovative business, and the work that he does in the community is really inspiring. And I really appreciate John Ray uh, being a title sponsor of Coastview. And then Jonathan Adam, uh, uh, Allen from J. Allen Automotive Group. Yeah, Jonathan's been on the show a couple of times. And what he's done to sort of blaze a new trail for himself and his generation has been something really, really incredible to watch. Very innovative and also very dedicated to the community. You know, they're the kind of uh, sponsors that I'd love to have here for Coastview. So if you see either Jonathan or John, thank them for, for being a sponsor of Coastview. Um, if you go to the Visit Mississippi website and you go to the history page, you'll see this. This is a paragraph that you'll see. In a sense, the history of Mississippi is the history of America. It begins in prehistoric times when vast herds of buffalo trampled and traced out a route known as the Natchez Trace. Did you know that? Very interesting, huh? The same path later uh, was later traveled by Native Americans, traders, missionaries, and early pioneers. The Mississippi Territory became the 20th state to join the Union in 1817, and it continued to leave an imprint on America, playing a pivotal role in the Civil War and later serving as the setting for some of the most important landmark events in the struggle for civil rights. Today, Mississippi is regarded as a unique and rich intersection between history, architecture, commerce, culture, and the arts. That paragraph, I think, does a really good job of boiling it all down, why there is such a unique sense of place here in Mississippi and in coastal Mississippi, for that matter. What I want to do in Coastview, as we, as we tell you every day, is celebrate those attributes, celebrate why we... Uh, has such the such as you know a a privilege to live in in this state, and I enjoy my conversations with the people who are who are really focused on that intersection that I just mentioned that intersection between history, architecture, commerce, culture, and the arts. People like Craig Ray, for example. Craig Ray is the executive director of Visit Mississippi, and he's really worked hard over the years to try to understand better. What is Mississippi's competitive advantage that's going to draw people to the state or, or maybe even cause people in the state to stay in the state you know, on a stay, staycation and enjoy what we have here? Craig, Craig played a really uh, vital role in creating the branding campaign that you've heard before, Mississippi, the birthplace of America's music. And he's also been involved in the groundbreaking rollout of uh, the Mississippi Blues Trail. And I got a note from him this morning. Uh, 
the Blues Trail in Mississippi is a 207 markers now across the state. That's that's really incredible. I mean, they had early goals of far less than 100, then they reached 100, 207 stops today. That just gives you a sense of of the impact the Blues culture and history has had, not just on this state, but on, on the United States uh, and the world, I might add. Uh, and establishing uh, what this has done is established Mississippi as a destination for for music lovers. I had the opportunity recently to attend Steve Azar's Mark Mockingbird Music Songwriters Festival in Leland, Mississippi, in the heart of the Mississippi Delta. And uh, what I observed there was that people came there from all over the country. And it sort of reminded me of the Field of Dreams, that cornfield in the Field of Dreams. If you build it, they will come. Steve Azar, incidentally, is the music and cultural ambassador for Mississippi, and he visits with me regularly here on Coastview and has a show in a Mississippi Minute on Supertalk. He built that festival, and they came, and it was really a sight to see. Craig Ray has also been instrumental in helping to push under the banner of Mississippi Heritage and Cultural Trails what he refers to as the largest outdoor museum in America. So in addition to the Mississippi Blues Trail, we have what is called the Mississippi Country Trail. And it has 35 markers. Incidentally, Steve Azar has one of those markers in his beloved hometown of Greenville. And then you have the Mississippi Freedom Trail. It has 30 markers, the largest outdoor museum in America. I've enjoyed my conversation with people like Milton Segarra, who's the executive director of the Coastal Mississippi Tourism Effort. He's, he's really one of the most articulate and focused tourism leaders that I've come in contact with. Um, his ability to talk about Mississippi and coastal Mississippi, especially in the frame of the pandemic. See, he said early on that we were going to have a competitive advantage because people who came here came here in cars and people felt safer in their cars. And he was right about that. The numbers have really been phenomenal across this state and especially here in coastal Mississippi. Um, you know, gro- the, a growing number of Mississippians, I believe, sort of grasp this notion of a staycation and have gone all around this state trying to discover what is so special about it. And, you know, when, the more you sort of venture off, the more there is to see. And by the way, those, those trails that I just mentioned are a great way to take in this incredible state. And, uh, and those who visit here from the outside have begun to learn why there is so much to do here. There have been conversations with people like Malcolm White from the Mississippi Arts Commission. And then, you know, that's in Jackson, of course. And David Houston of the Oro Keefe Museum of Art in Biloxi. Uh, Julian Rankin from the Walter Anderson Museum of Art in Ocean Springs. They all speak so articulately about what makes this state such a special place. Julian says it really well, and I've shared this before, but I, th- I think this, re- this statement really captures it so well. For my entire personal and professional life, I've been steeped in the power of place and inspired by the ability of Mississippi artists to distill meaning from our world. I share with Walter Anderson a belief in the sacred interconnectedness between people, nature, and the vitality of communities. You know, that's really, that's really a powerful statement because there is such a powerful sense of place, a special sense of place that exists in Mississippi. And again, especially here in coastal Mississippi and these wonderful collection of communities that we have here. Is it any wonder that Mississippi has been among the best in economic recovery in our nation? Uh, and then when you look at the tourism sector and you realize that the uh, the significant contribution that tourism has played in that story of success, it's, it's, really, it's really a story to tell. So many passionate 
and dedicated leaders working so hard during the pandemic to make sure our state stands out, make sure people understand that this is a safe place to visit. I've enjoyed uh, learning. I've learned so much. I mean, you can never know it all. The more you learn, the better. The, the more you better learn how much you don't know. And that, that keeps you, you know, thirsty for more information. It's a, humble, it's a humbling thing, for, for a matter of fact. I've enjoyed understanding and sharing why Mississippi is regarded as the unique and rich intersection between history and architecture and commerce and culture and the arts. It's, it's been fun for me. And I'm hoping that these conversations are giving you a deeper understanding and appreciation for this incredible state that we have the privilege to call home. And with that as sort of a backdrop, I, I want to inv- I've, I've decided to invite uh, Chris Goodwin, who's Director of Special Projects for the Mississippi Department of Archives and Histories, to join me today and just talk more about these, uh, the, you know, the incredible things that there are to do and, and why this this intersection that I've talked about a couple of times already, why that's so important. But before we go any further, let me just say, first of all, Chris, good morning to you. How you doing, buddy? Good game. Great, man. Thanks for having me on. It's a real pleasure to be here. So, you know, look, I want to get your initial impression. Then I want to take a step back for a second and learn a little bit more about where you come from. But as you hear me talk about this special place that we have in Mississippi and how so many people are working together to bring attention to it, um, what, what, what came to mind to you? Yeah, that, you know, I am with the Mississippi Department of Archives and History, and that has been our message for several years now, that you really can't understand U.S. history if you don't understand Mississippi history. That that U.S. history really is just our history writ large, and so when we were planning for and um, opening the new Museum of Mississippi History, Mississippi Civil Rights Museum, we were able to draw on you know tens of thousands of years of history to sort of put before people all these connections that they might not have realized were there. Yeah, it's a it's it's really really super powerful. We're we're coming to the end of this segment, but when we come back, we'll we'll tell people a little bit more about what uh, what your organization does. There's a lot of researching of historical records, historical sites, and museums across the state. I mean, gosh, Lord, there's so much there. You you view regulations for managing state and local government records. You I mean, it's it's, it's a wide range of stuff. You really require volunteers and donations and um, all of that to help you kind of further your cause but you kind of connect a lot of the dots that I was talking about just a few minutes ago but and you've got some really cool upcoming um, projects that that we'll talk about as well but I want to talk about where you came from and how did you become so passionate about this subject so when we come back we'll continue our our conversation with Chris uh, Goodwin who's the director of special projects at the Mississippi Department of Archives and History. Super Talk 103.1 is brought to you by J. Allen Toyota on I-10 Exit 38 Gulfport. See all the incredible inventory at allentoyota.com. And remember, when you think Toyota, think J. Allen Toyota. Talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. 
This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast. You have Chris Goodwin with me. He's a director of special projects for the Mississippi Department of Archives and History. And Chris, you know, I want to hear where you come from, but let me let me say the statement again, and I just want to get your reaction to it. That Mississippi is regarded as the unique and rich intersection, not just of history, but architecture, commerce, culture, and the arts. That's really well said, isn't it? Yeah, and it's. Uh, it- it's amazing the confluence of those things that we have here in this tiny, relatively speaking, state of ours. It's fairly large geographically, which pay which plays into it, of course. You've got the, you know, culture of the Gulf Coast, which is far different from the culture of the North Central Hills where I grew up, which is different from the Delta, which is different from the Piney Woods, as Ralph Eubanks notes in his recent book. Um, and there, there's a rich variety that really comes together to pay off in that way. It, it, it really is. And, so, and again, so many leaders across the state who are really passionate about making sure that we continue to push that part of what makes Mississippi so special, push it out there and make sure people can see it and that it becomes part of the brand promise of Mississippi and all of that. So where do you come from? I grew up in North Central Mississippi on a farm that uh, my grandparents were working all my life. My parents were school teachers. And if you grow up in rural Mississippi, and if you grow up in Mississippi, you're likely to grow up in the rural part of it. You will probably have at some point in your early life looked down and found an arrowhead or a piece of pottery or some other artifact that really just gets you going. I remember um, working in the fields on the farm and looking down and finding oyster shells. <laughs> now, if you're on the Gulf Coast, you expect to see oyster shells, but we didn't expect that in North Central Mississippi. But of course, it is from the time when it was a shallow sea. And you you start to think about that long-term history like that. And Mississippi just offers so much if you are at all curious about those stories. So what what town were you from? Well, we claimed Water Valley, but we were out from Water Valley. So we were we were sort of between Water Valley and Coffeeville in Yalabusha County. Yeah, I, I know that area well. Um, Water so, Valley has uh, undergone a real renaissance. It has. I know someone from the coast who owns a house there, and you know they're big old Miss supporters and. Yes. Uh, just you know, I think they probably refer to that as their second home these days. That's right. But you're right, it has. I mean, what a, what a special community. I had the opportunity to visit with uh, a, a dear friend, Al Hopkins, who's a lawyer here on the coast who has a place up in Walnut, Mississippi. Yeah. And, and you're right. You know, Walnut, I guess you, could, you couldn't get any further north than Walnut, Mississippi. But, uh, but you think about the diversity of landscape and the diversity of history across the state. And there, there's so much to, to draw from, that's for sure. Where did you go to school? Well, I started out at Mississippi State and then finished up at the University of Mississippi. So I am never conflicted at the Egg Bowl. I'm happy either way and equally crushed either way. <laughs> that's that's really good. My son, I have a son who went to Southern Miss with my wife and I and another daughter went to Southern Miss. My son, my my other my my middle son, <clears throat> excuse me, went to uh, Auburn. He, he oh. was going to be that that outlier. 
but he went to, to he went to uh, Jordan. My son went to uh, Southern, then went to Ole Miss Law Schools. But so we spent some time up there as a result of that. It's pretty pretty cool. Um, when you you said you were working journalist for a while, right? I did. I, I transferred to the University of Mississippi for the journalism program there, and uh, eventually, when I came to Jackson, where I am now, it was to work at the Clarion Ledger. And, uh, you know, there is nothing, I think, that can really prepare you better than print journalism for almost any career, because you have to be involved. You have to read a lot. You have to write a lot. And those are really portable skills and things that serve you well in almost any sort of endeavor that you want to undertake. And so I have, to this day, I'm still sort of the dinosaur that that takes a couple of actual print newspapers in my front yard. I go out and get them and, you know, read what's going on and drink a cup of coffee. And that's how I start every day. Yeah, I agree with you. As you know, I came from uh, from a journalism background. I actually, I actually have an MBA, but I, I worked around journalists, was, was you know, a publisher for the latter part of my career. And, you know, the ability for journalists to be able to organize their thoughts, to, to focus on uh, corroboration and factual reporting and all the things that we sort of covet more so today than we ever have, actually, because of what has happened in the U.S. as it relates to finding news sources that we can trust, uh, really important. But, but anyway, yeah, the ability to, to organize your thoughts and communicate are really important, and journalism prepares you very well. Hey, so, the, so give me, when you're talking to someone, give me your elevator speech about what the Department of Archives and History does. The Mississippi Department of Archives and History is a comprehensive state historical agency. We're the second oldest one in the United States. We follow Alabama by one year. And we do what two, three, four, even five groups and organizations do in other states. So when you hear the Mississippi Department of Archives and History, you are likely to think the state archives. And that's that's absolutely a central part of what we do. We also have the state's historic preservation programs. So all of the green state historical markers that you see across the state, you know, that, that have been, that's been over 60 years that those markers have been going up around the state, come through the Mississippi Department of Archives and History. We give grants to preservation projects across the state. Um, uh, we ran a $26 million grant program on the Gulf Coast following Hurricane Katrina. And then we also have a museum division that operates museums and historic sites across the state. So not only places like the Museum of Mississippi History and the Mississippi Civil Rights Museum here in Jackson, but places like the Grand Village of the Natchez in Natchez, one of the um, most significant Native American mound sites in the, in the hemisphere, really. I mean, it, most of what we know about mound building culture came from the 30 years that people lived there um, with the folks who had made them, um, and and those writings inform most of what we know. And so things like that are almost the hidden history of Mississippi. You wouldn't necessarily know that that took place here, that that all those mounds predate the Egyptian pyramids, but it's so. That's, that's, that's really incredible. And, you know, I guess the more you dig, the more you learn. And it's just it, there's a never ending journey of, of learning, like I mentioned a minute ago. I want to thank you for passing to me 
the the history is launch uh, w- that featured Maddie Godling from the uh, or from the uh, uh, Walter Anderson Museum uh, with her uh, really good review of the of the Horn Island logs of Walter Anderson. Just kind of part of a series of, of programs like that you guys are going to have. But that was terrific, wasn't it? She did a great job. I love Walter Anderson. Uh, growing up in North Mississippi, I was not nearly as familiar with him as as I'm sure a lot of folks down there. But my grandmother subscribed us to the Atlantic magazine. And in the very back of the Atlantic magazine, even in the 1980s, was a small ad for realizations. And it had, as the image that it used with it, Walter Anderson's water spouts. And I saved my money and in college bought that and uh, have been, you know, have loved his story and his work ever since then. And I'll tell you, I had not read the Horn Island Logs, a book that has been out of print, but University Press of Mississippi has recently reissued it. And Maddie Codlin came and talked about or, or remotely talked to us about that. I'm fascinated by the Barrier Islands. I'm fascinated with Horn Island in particular. I've been to Ship, but that's the only one. And to to have these firsthand accounts from Walter Anderson of of a decade and a half spent out there, you know, wandering around sometimes in nothing but his hat, (laughs) making drawings and paintings. It's It's unbelievable. It's really an unbelievable story. And I, I spent a lot of time at Horn Island. Just I love Horn Island. We you know, we'll do little family weekends there. We'll, you know, fish there a lot. And you can't help, but if you, if you've immersed yourself in Walter Anderson and then you go to Horn Island, you can't help, but see the connection and just about everything you see there. And, and the Horn Island logs are just a great way to sort of understand how he interpreted all that, which is just, just amazing, really. And a view into his sense of humor, which you don't necessarily get if you, if like me, you know him primarily through his art. So yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's really incredible. So, Hey, we, we only have a couple of seconds left. So why don't you hit really quickly hit what the upcoming programs are? Sure. Uh, we do history is lunch every Wednesday at noon here in the museum, um, auditorium will open back up to the public for in-person attendance in May. But right now, they're still virtual, so you can watch the live streams on the department's Facebook page. We've got uh, this week was Maddie Codling. Next week is Anna Ferris Rosen talking about her father, John Herbers, uh, a journalist on the front lines of the civil rights movement. After that, Crystal Sanders is going to talk about the Child Development Group of Mississippi. And we'll wrap up this month with Claire Whittinger with her new book from University Press of Mississippi on uh, racial violence in Philadelphia. Well, uh, those are going to be terrific programs. So people, they certainly can go to the uh, Department of Archives and History to get more information about those programs. But Chris, we'll stay in touch with you. I've, I've enjoyed visiting with you and getting to know you better. And uh, we'll, uh, you know, we'll make sure that we always talk about the kind of things that you guys are involved in that are helping people better understand, as I open this show, that there is such a great, unique, and rich intersection between history and architecture and commerce and culture and the arts in Mississippi. So thank you, me help. Thanks for helping me continue to make that connection. Well, I appreciate it. I appreciate you having me on. We okay, have some buddy. of the most interesting and impactful stories to be told. No doubt, no doubt. When we come back, Jeff Duncan of The Athletic. We'll find out what the latest on the sports scene. Listen live or on demand and watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com.
Talk Mississippi Media Production.